The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us to talk the trade today, Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, as we take a look here at the closing numbers, a choppy day of the trade for sure. Not quite a turnaround Tuesday like it started to be at the beginning of the day. But at the end, we have corn slightly in the green, soybeans mixed overall in wheat ending in the red. Let's start here with the soybeans and just kind of talk about that trade. Finally, it broke. It was one. A lot of guys were watching. When does the soybean meal run out of steam? And it looks like today may have been the day. What are you seeing in the meal market? Yeah, there's a few things that we're taking a look at. It kind of first started off with uh, just looking at the fund position on meal. And one thing that we're noticing is that as we go back through our records, as we bring together the managed money and the other reportables, and the other reportables usually are speculative trades, so we, we think we can group those together with the managed money. And what we see is that their current position is about 35% higher than what we've seen for previous records. Now, granted, our data is for this particular database just is going back through 2011, but what that tells us is that we've had a lot of people buy into this meal market, and that's why meal had been the leader, and your point is very good in regard to the start of kind of a rollover here. And when we tie it back to the soybean market, a lot of folks have been saying that the soybeans have been being driven higher because of the soybean meal market. And now that it finally broke to the lower side today, we see soybeans actually ending mixed and really none of them taking huge losses on the front months that did lose some change. Uh, Is there some technical points that we need to be aware of between the two markets? Yeah, and I think there is. And I think you're touching on a lot of of very good points. First of all, let's take a look from the technical side. A couple things that we're noticing on meal. Now, we we like to watch the the stochastic because it's just a nice momentum indicator, and that did roll over actually a couple days ago when we've kind of seen some of the choppy trade in here on meal. Now, the MACD is another one that uh, is just getting ready to cross. And so that's kind of from a technical side, just throwing some signals out there. If you're just a pure chartist, uh, you're starting to pay attention here, and you might want to start lifting or lightening up your position here, which means you're making some sales. You know, soybeans have held in here good, but we're getting up into an area where I think we've got to be pretty careful. Uh, the weather forecasts that we have out there, it's not that it's without rain. It's just that it's not enough rain. It looks like there is some rain coming in maybe this next weekend, but we keep kind of hearing this. But one thing that we picked up on, and this came out of the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange, one of their last crop condition reports, and if we kind of dig in and look at the soybean side, something we want to think about is that on the beginning potting, they're about 84.5% potted, okay? And this is on their first soybean. So they have two soybean crops. The main soybean crop, your first one makes up about 75 to 80% of their production. But their beginning of seed fill is only at about 50%. Now, that's good or bad, depending on what happens on the weather. That basically means if we would get some rains that would come in, we still can see some improvement. But if the rains don't come in, then we can see some further decline yet in the bean market. And that's what I think is kind of keeping a little bit of support under this beans so far. And if our weather markets do start to turn against us, because a huge driving factor when this rally started was those South American weather markets, is there a pretty sharp decline that you see ahead, or is it going to be a gentle descent? Yeah, and as much as I'd like to say that I think it's going to be a gentle descent, I don't think it will be. Um, I don't think we're to that point yet. 
I think we're starting to see some of the warning signs of that. But I think we're going to see a pretty quick uh, pullback here. And that's not to mean that it's not over and, and, and done, um, but I think we could see a very, a very big pullback very quick when it does happen. And continuing on this subject of weather markets, we look over here towards that wheat trade, and it has really been choppy today. And really over the past couple weeks, we've really started to see this wheat become very volatile and have pretty wide swing uh, trading ranges. On today's trade, we uh, ended just a little bit onto the red side. But are funds starting to become more of the driver here, or are we still closely watching that weather market? You know, we are. We're watching that weather very close there. And, and something we have to kind of keep in mind is that we're, you know, in corn and soybeans, they're, they're long. Uh, the funds are long. The managed money is long. In wheat, they're still short about 40,000 contracts as we go across all classes. And a couple things we're seeing on the wheat side is it's really that western plains, that western part of the hardwood winter wheat belt that's actually been faring the worst. It, there are some of the areas in some of the other wheat areas that aren't faring too bad on moisture, but it's that back-and-forth action that's, that's causing the funds to go ahead and, and keep an eye on that market, but everybody's so scared of wheat through the years. They always think of it as that, you know what, we're always told that wheat's going to have a problem, and then it doesn't happen. So they're, they're kind of leery to buy in and, and really make this thing run. It's had a good run, but to take it to that next level, I, I don't think they're ready to do it. Could possibly this disestablish a general trading channel for it where it's going to have a somewhat of a stable high and a somewhat of a stable floor in it, or do you think this volatility is going to continue? I think the volatility is going to continue for a while here because it's going to be the type of thing that if we if we don't see some of the rains come in into the Western Plains areas, you, know, you take some of the parts of Kansas and into Oklahoma, if we don't see those summer rains, we know we're going to continue to see that crop deteriorate. What you're going to hear is you're going to hear more talk of probably the abandonment side that's going to come into play. And, and as a result of that, I, I do think it is going to keep us pretty choppy uh, going forward. And Jeff, right before we go into our next segment, just kind of start to start the conversation. What's coming up? We've got a lot of politics in play here. Do you see quite a bit of tariff talk starting to get priced into any of these markets, especially on the Chinese side? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think as we as we'll continue to talk about this tariff idea, I think the one area that does probably have the greatest risk that the tariffs could impact would be over on the soybean side. I think China is sitting back and knowing that they need to purchase a lot of beans. They're not sure um, how many is going to be coming out of South America. They think it's going to be a big crop. And they've seen some prices go higher in here. And I'll be very surprised, honestly, if we don't see some additional conversation from them about some tariffs on soybeans. That's Jeff Peterson joining us today on the final bell. Heartland Farm Partners is with, who the firm Jeff is with. In our next segment, we're going to be talking more about this tariff talk, what it could mean on soybeans, and more. You're listening to the Fontenelle. Back with the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us today to talk the trade, Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, in our last segment, we talked about some technical points and some fun positions in that soybean, soybean meal, and wheat markets. But overall, fun positions, where do you see them right now in the grains? Well, what we'd like to do is we always go back in and take the commitment of trader reports and then try to update them for the daily trade. And as of yesterday morning, I don't have this morning's numbers, we would have had them long about 109,000 corn, 166,000 soybeans, and I'd mentioned earlier about 40,000 short on the wheat side. One thing that's been a little bit interesting here, and that's the managed money is what we're tracking there, and that's the futures and the options. 
brought together. But we've also been keeping an eye on the index funds. And not a lot of talk has came out of the index funds, but the index funds are the long only. They're the ones who are coming in and using the commodity market as a hedge. They'll say against inflation, against their other investments. And they've been kind of coming in and being a steady buyer really since last June. So this thing's been rolling down. They've been stepping in. If you kind of think about what's been going on with the economy, that's their hedge against some of the inflationary items. They've, they've been gradually accumulating a position. It's nowhere near where they'd have been back in 08, but it's good to have them back into the market buying some positions. And then the big question behind this, and especially the one on producers' minds, we see the prices we do now. Uh, we're talking some of these fund positions. How do you best manage your risk in market times like this? Yeah, and this one's going to be this one's going to seem really strange, actually. But on the bean side, we're at levels here that uh, I didn't necessarily think we'd get up to. We were thinking that there was that possibility earlier because the La Nina setup and what that could mean to Argentina. But you never know from year to year whether or not the results are going to be what you think they are in regard to the weather. But part of what we're seeing now is just markets getting high enough that I think we're at a point where, especially as we take some of the tariff talk and stuff in there, we have to be very serious about almost taking all our risk off the table on these soybeans. And that's going to seem very scary to a lot of people. And what I'm talking about is getting sold up to our insured levels on new beans, and for that matter, up to your production levels on these old beans, and then actually using calls to, to manage your upside. And really what we like to talk to that and talk about there is that you're just really managing your risk over in the options. It's awfully early to do that. If somebody isn't willing to use options, I don't recommend that they get that heavily sold. But I think we're into some areas and prices that we really need to think about getting up to those type of levels sold. And you're talking about soybeans, and you brought up the subject of tariffs. Uh, President Trump last week coming out with that steel and aluminum tariffs, and then, of course, the sparks started flying with what if China comes against us. Kind of just give us your take, Jeff, on what you see here with the tariff situation. Yeah, it's it's an interesting timing. I think some of that was definitely directed at NAFTA. We know they're just finishing up their seventh round of talks and talking about you know when they're going to start their next round. And I think that was kind of a little bit directed to to China or not to China, but to Canada and Mexico, saying, "Hey, we're serious about this, guys." The problem is, is that the real problem probably comes in is what's China's opinion about it. And my concern and the the main reason that we when we get to these type of price levels and we've got uncertainty about policy which we do, it'd be very easy for China to step in and say, you know, U.S., we don't need your beans as much as what you think we need them. Now they still need our beans, and they'll be in to buy them. But just that talk could go ahead and reel this market back. And you could see a pullback 50, 60, 70 cents at some point in here. And I'd just hate to be standing there not sold when we've had these type of opportunities to sell. And we've talked about South America and some of the troubles they're facing. If China wants to go to South America and try to price beans, is that going to then open up other market opportunities that then may be forced to come to the U.S. if uh, South American bean prices rise? Well, I think one of the things that, that muddies the water a lot right now is the honestly the, the fact that the problems happen in Argentina because it not only becomes a soybean issue, and we've got plenty of beans between Brazil and Argentina and us, but it really becomes a meal issue. And the problem would be is that is China going to take in the soybeans themselves and crush them, or are they going to come over to the U.S. or to Brazil? Now, we've got capacity to add more meal. We can produce and send out more. Brazil can do it, so we could cover that, but the big question becomes at what price. 
And going back now to the risk management subject, talked heavily on soybeans. What about corn and wheat? Do you see any risk management options right there that guys need to be taking advantage of? Yeah, I think if we look at the corn side, I think this is definitely in an area in here where we need to be getting those first rounds of sale on on corn. I'm not as concerned about the corn trade as I am about the soybean trade, mainly because of how far the market has moved in here. But I think getting in 25, 30, 35, 40 percent sold on new crop and, you know, being up in that 65 to 70 percent area sold on the old crop, uh, I think those are very appropriate levels. The big thing I think we want to think about this year, though, is that since we're talking about these type of prices this early, we really got to make sure we're willing to come back in and defend, not necessarily at the same time we sell, but we may need to defend those positions down the road if things turn hot and dry this summer. That's Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners, joining the Fontenelle Final Bell today. We've covered a lot of topics here today, but here in this latest segment, talking about now being a good time to go in and start managing that risk. And as Jeff said, it may sound slightly outside, but if China comes back in against these soybeans, now is a prime time to come in and start managing that risk. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. <laughs> 